What's the worst that they say? No. Welcome to Striving and Thriving Podcast, a podcast about overcoming tough times and just trying our best to thrive in life. We took a short break last week while dealing with some things outside of the podcast and the adulting world, but we're back and we're back with a podcast episode that was definitely worth the wait. Today we interview my stepsister Ness. We get to hear all about her professional photography business, her sports photojournalist major that she's working on, and some of her influencing things that she's done in the social media world. Of course, we talk about the tough times that she goes through with all of those things and what she does to help stabilize herself and overcoming those tough times. I do want to remind everyone that Tori and I are still new with this whole podcasting thing, so some of the audio is a little bit off, trial and error, but even so, the episode is definitely worth the listen. Hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Today, <laughs> today we are interviewing um, Ness is my stepsister. We grew yeah. up a lot together, kind of in and out of our lives. Um, so we are going to interview her about her adulting life, some things that she's doing, and kind of just get to know her a little more. You start by just telling us a little about yourself. Okay, so I am Ness. I like to be called Ness, but my name is Vanessa Wenzel. I am a photographer, a professional photographer. I have my own photography business. I'm also a sports photojournalist, um, and I am also an influencer, like a lifestyle wellness influencer. Just a few things that keep you occupied in a day. Yeah, just like five <laughs> things. It's totally fine. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, what else am I? I mean, I'm in. I'm married to somebody in the Air Force, so I'm an Air Force wife, as they say. Um, I have lived in Tampa for about four years, but I grew up in St. Pete and now I'm in Tampa and I've been with my husband five years will be in July. So oh, yeah. Congrats. I didn't know it had been that long. Thanks. Yeah. We're planning our vow renewal. So once I send out invites, you'll get it. Oh, yeah. that's so exciting. Yeah. So uh, I think, and then other than like my marriage, cause I don't let my marriage define me. Like that's a really big thing. Cause I'm more than being married. Um, I go to USF. I'm a digital communications major and I have a minor. Well, I consider I'm minoring in sports journalism. <laughs> so, and I graduate this December. Nice. Congrats. Oh my gosh. You're so close. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. So exciting. I'm so ready to be done. <laughs> How did you land on what you kind of finally wanted to do in college? Cause I know that that's like you go into college and that's not something most people know what they want to end with. So how did you kind of get to where you're at? Okay. So I'll start literally from like when I was in high school, I thought I was actually going to be like a sports athletic trainer. So I put myself on a track to go to Florida state and I was like, okay, I went into community college and I was like, this is where I want to go. I want to transfer in two years of Florida state. So I was actually on a pre-med track. And it was pre-med bio first. And I started doing it for about a semester. And I was like, I'm not good at math. Science isn't really my thing. Like I'm barely passing anatomy with a C. So then I changed it. And I was like, but I still like the medical field. Whole time I was still like in sports, right? And I was like, okay, I'll become a nurse. And maybe I can be like a team nurse or something like that. Ended up applying to nursing school. And I ended up not getting in my first try. And once I didn't get in my first try, I was like, you know what? either college isn't for me or I'm not on the track that I'm doing. So, and this is like the whole thing really goes into like, I took a whole year off. I decided I was going to be a general manager at a restaurant. Um, it's called Tijuana Flops. If anybody's heard of it, 
did that for a year that didn't work out. And then another year I joined an MLM also still in the sports world. It was herbal life. Okay. <laughs> Athletes health, you know, MLM world, but I was like, maybe I'll try that. That obviously didn't work out, quit that. And I went back to school and I finished my AASPC. And that's when I decided in that time I went to go do photography school. I did professional photography school online and I did that for the year that I was in between finishing my AA and then I got into USF. Once I finally figured out exactly what I wanted to do, everything was still in the sports journalism, I think, realm or like in sports. So my whole life, I used to literally try every sport. I tried softball. I swam. I did gymnastics. The one thing I never tried was dance, but I did cheer. I did soccer, like every sport you can name it. And in the last year at USF, I am trying different things on campus, doing different clubs, shadowing different people. One of my professors was like, shadow somebody in your career field. And I actually ended up meeting um, one of my best friends who's also in sports. And everything kind of came together. And I was like, okay, I have been trying to get to sports in the wrong way. Mm. So by shadowing, putting myself out there and started covering the football team on the journalism end, I decided, okay, I want to be a sports journalist. This is what I want to do. It just took a lot of trial and error and a lot of time on and off. And I'm really glad that I did it that way because 18 and 19, 20 year old me had no clue what she was doing. And if I didn't take that year off, I would have never been where I am now. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that trial and error part is not something that's highlighted as um, even a realistic way of life, you know, you, you come out yes. of high school, what do you want to do? You're going to go to college. What are you going to do next? And we've talked, Tori and I have talked a lot in the course of four or five episodes about how it's, it's just not realistic and it's almost just not fair. Um, and really the more trial and error way of life is something that not to make us all sound like generationally different, but something that our generation and the one after us is like figuring out faster that it's okay yeah. to try different things. It's okay to follow a passion versus a career. And I think that's, I really commend you for all the things that you tried and you were just like, oh, well, what's next? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't, what's what's going to happen next? Like, what am I going to do? I totally agree with you though. Like the trial and error is so, I encouraged it. Like, and in my wellness influencing that I do too, like I fully, fully encourage, like do what's best for you. Like, if it doesn't work out the first time, there's another way around it. Or if you really want to do it, you're going to do it. And I don't spend the extra time and energy on something that you don't enjoy almost for an outcome that you don't even want. Like you're doing it for somebody else. Right. I, if that makes sense. Yeah. And to like trust your gut too. You know, if you're like, if, if you get into a situation, like I am distinctly remembering having a friend like interview for a job and they like came to visit like all the things and like their gut just wasn't there. Like they were just like, this just isn't my path and I'm just feeling that and it's just like you just have to trust that instinct and know that that next step whatever it is even if you know you've got this great opportunity here but your gut's not in it it's like you can't just like I mean you can just go for it but you might have a better opportunity down the road if you just wait a little bit you know and trust those instincts exactly exactly everything happens for a reason yes oh yes. weird everything's <laughs> always working out that is <laughs> such a theme throughout all of the episodes we have recorded so far <laughs> so Ness, your um sports journalism that you're doing right now is that freelance or are you working for a company like how's that all going what's that like 
right now I'm doing it for the university because I'm a journalism major. So I work for our newspaper. Um, and then I'm also the sports reporter host for one of our shows on campus. Um, and then once I graduate, I have a job lined up with the university Yay! to do photography, at least with them. Yeah. That's so awesome. I, yeah. But everything right now is within the university, but I've covered it from college level to pro now. So yeah, I would love <laughs> I would love to hear about I saw you on all of your social media at the Bucks game a couple weeks ago. I would love to hear how that happened for you, what it was like, the things that you learned from it. I just thought that is so awesome for you. Thank you. It was insane. I've done it. I did it for two weeks in a row and I'm hoping fingers crossed we do it again. Um, but the one thing I think within all of my journeys, especially for this, is I tell everybody, ask the questions literally do whatever you can until somebody says no the worst thing anybody will ever tell you is no so um actually last spring semester the bucks were here on campus and it was the communications manager and i was like hi i cover football for the newspaper i'm kind of converse with her i'd like i said i'd love to build a uss bucks relationship since we're so close um and she was like oh maybe we can do something over summer we'll see but we don't really work with freelance and i was like totally understand i'm not fully a freelance um, and I gave her a copy of my newspaper that had my photos and my stories in it. And it was like a full spread of like me and my best friend's photos, my photos and stories. I handed it to her over summer. I emailed her and I was like, hey, hope training off camp season is going well. I'd love to cover a training camp. I got the opportunity to cover two training camps. And then from there, I let the season start. I emailed her again. I was like, I would absolutely love to build this media relationship with you still. Is there any way to cover an NFL game? So, and she said yes. And it was me and my co-host. And we covered the iconic Creamsicle game, which was like their first one in 10 years wearing the throwback jerseys. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's the one I was like on the sidelines, on the field for. And I remember like sitting there, I was like, this is my career. Like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Like there's no if, ands, buts about it. Like it just, it set in, but I literally just sent the email. She knew who I was, but I started that as crazy as I was by just giving a newspaper Yeah. to this lady, like at a random books job fair. I was like, here's my newspaper. Please remember me. <laughs> like, yeah. So I covered by photography and then last week I covered by press on sidelines and yeah it's going absolutely insane because it also showed the NHL that I could cover for them too so I covered a lightning game last Thursday as well and it, but literally like all I'm doing is I'm emailing and I'm just asking like yeah where somebody's gonna tell me no okay cool I'll buy a ticket to go watch the game then, you know Right, right. That's you get that confidence. I have yeah. struggled so much when I like I'm so scared of being told no. And it's something that I'm working on and that I've had to work on so hard in my business because it's like I have to ask people things all the time, you know. It's like we have to have permission, you know, to do yeah. something or like make sure restaurants are aware that we're coming to visit, you know, all the things that go into planning a food tour. But I'm so scared sometimes to reach out. Like people will be like, Oh, have you talked to so and so? And I'm like, no, I haven't established a relationship with them yet because it's like I can only handle so many no's in a week, you know. I'm like, yeah, like, your mental health really can only handle so much. But I think, like, really just pushing, especially to our younger generations, like, you know, the worst you can be told is no. Like, just ask the questions and then you'll get these amazing sideline experiences like you've had. Like, that's so cool. Like, what a dream thing to get to do. And, like, 
I mean, yeah. I don't know if it's like internship or like you're being paid or whatever, but like even then, you know, at some point, like being paid to do that, like that's so awesome. Like I just, I'm very envious and want, I, I strive yeah. to. Do that too. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I feel like I, I do get paid for it. Thank goodness. <laughs> but like it's just a step into a career, but like the being told no, I think growing up as kids and especially now that we're like in our 20s, you know we're not full adult. And I, we're always so used to like our parents saying no, you know, or like a teacher said no, because it was a crazy idea, but your ideas aren't as crazy or like, because you can't talk to somebody and being told no is the worst thing. But like, no, it's just, it's a two letter word. And what's the worst that they say? No. Okay. Well, maybe that no could even turn into something else down the road. If that kind of makes sense, like no is just one little word. And if somebody told you no, there's a way to figure it out. There's another process there's another way to meet somebody like there's the world is endless there's so many things that you can do and no it's just it's just a word right yeah I definitely think it's part of like that fear of taking up space you know and something that I I think I'm gonna take a step here and say we've all had to learn that you know like it's okay to take up space it's okay to want to take up space it's okay to go about things in a different way, but there is so much fear associated with that. And this idea that you're going to be so little in this really big pond, but where else are you going to start? You know, like where, where else are you going to start? So you might as well take a stab at it and give it a try. And Ness, I'm just so impressed. It literally gives me goosebumps to listen to you getting to, to make it to that and, you know, do it on your own essentially, and just kind of power through and not be afraid to take up space. You know, that's so admirable of you. Um, What would you say throughout the journey of where you are now, what has been the hardest part? So maybe getting no wasn't the hardest part for you because you were willing to accept that. What has been the hardest thing that you've faced um, in your photojournalism sports career so far? Oh gosh, there's actually like, I could say multiple things. Um, The biggest thing that I feel like is really easy for us in a sports and photo world is just being a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, I hate to like the, be the cliche, but it is the truth. Like as a woman in photo, uh, really anywhere sports is probably the biggest one though. Is like, I am one of three women in almost every room I've been in, or I'm the youngest woman in every room I've been in on my photo, just my photo career. And every time, because I'm a woman or I'm young, I'm automatically down to pawn or I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm shooting. I don't know what I'm talking about. And I feel like that's the biggest challenge. And a lot of it can be internal. But I have sat in a press conference and it actually happened like twice now. And I've sat in a press conference. The first one I asked a question to a head coach. Hmm. And I asked him if he would have rather had a different quarterback in because a team didn't have their starting quarterback in. You and he girl. said... I tried. It was really hard. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. He goes, well, I I don't think I understand. And he immediately came back with, oh, well, wasn't that somebody else or wasn't their quarterback in? And it wasn't like by roster. Um, And that was like the biggest challenge I think I've faced so far sitting in that press conference like that. And him basically being like, you're wrong, Mm -hmm. but I was right. And everybody else knew I was right. Um, and making the fact that I am a woman and I'm one of the four, two, three, four women in the room, that's a huge challenge because the men already think you don't know what you're doing. The men already think you're probably just here to be a woman in sports, but not because you like sports or like, you know sports. Um, and I even, I sat in a press conference yesterday and I asked a question about like a fan base question for USF. And when I asked that question, it kind of just 
I don't think it came off in the right way, but by the end of it, I got the right answer and everybody laughed at me. I didn't take it any wrong way, but it's the fact that everybody laughed at me. And in the moment, I already had the anxiety to ask the question because what's the worst thing he's going to do? Not answer the question? Cool. I've been through that before. I don't care. He can do it again. Doesn't mean I'm not going to do my job or get into my career, but yeah, I feel like that's the biggest thing honestly, yeah. that I've the biggest challenge I've had. And then besides sports, when we talk my own photo business, the biggest challenge I've had in my own photo business was I thought before going back to college, that I was gonna be able to do it completely on my own, mm. especially knowing I wanted to get into sports photography somehow. Reality by myself is there's no way because organizations and sports they're not going to hire a freelance because right. by yourself, like they think you're doing it, you know, for yourself and not for, they're not getting going to get anything out of it. Right. Basically it's kind of how I've kind of taken it. So I tried for a year by myself and yes, I did build my business. I've gotten clients. I have returning clients, but I needed the resources to get into the connections that I needed. For sure. For sure. If you build a relationship with someone professionally, they they want to seek something in return. You know, that's how professional partnerships work. Um, so it totally makes sense to me that those big sporting teams or those big sporting companies, they, they want someone with enough weight behind them to also get recognition out of, out of the trade of goods and services, which is a really weird way to describe it, but everyone has to benefit. Yeah. Tori, I'm sure you understand that with your business, you know, all the restaurants that you go to are willing to host you because of the then outreach that you provide and business being business, man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nessa, I have a question for you. So my boyfriend is also in the military. Um, so with your husband being in Air Force, what does that look like for like, you planning your future does it matter like are you guys stationary like <laughs> I am scared you know for my future and like what the next step looks like knowing that we will have to move eventually um which is kind of tough but yeah how does that look like for you guys in your relationship and career wise well that is a loaded question um because I have been with him for six years <laughs> at this point and we've been through basically since I was fresh out of high school to now being an adult about to graduate college. Um, he has been stationed here, luckily, the whole time we've been together. This is his first station. So I do know at the end of the day, though, anytime we could move, anytime he could come home and he could be leaving, or um, like there's been many times he's come home and be like, oh, in two days I'm going out of the country. And I'm like, cool, I'm here. So I think one of the biggest challenges, and we've actually talked about it a lot more because I am going to graduate and I'm going into this sports industry um, is the traveling and the deployment and the stationing. We've been here long enough that all of his friends have left. So we're kind of like, okay, are we next? <laughs> like, are we going to be the next ones leaving? And the challenge that is for me more than anything was my, my friends are here. My family is here. My career connections are here. Everything for me is here. And there have been plenty of times that I've had opportunities that are not in the Tampa Bay area that I have had to turn down. So if one of them for me, like my biggest thing was I had a scholarship to Florida State University once. I turned it down. I just recently got engaged after. So I turned it down. I couldn't move up to Tallahassee, realistically. I got into the Disney College program. I turned it down because realistically at any point he could leave. And I believe when that happened, he did leave for like a month. He went somewhere. And say I wanted to go do 
that, um, nobody would be in the house. Nobody would be with the dogs. And I think as a military spouse, that's just something that kind of comes with, and I don't want to say the job, but the job, like we sacrifice their lives or our lives for them. And it's a really, it's a really big challenge. Like it's really hard to describe because the emotions are completely different than a regular relationship. And I think a lot of people don't understand that because when they come and go constantly, your emotions are on like a roller coaster. So, okay, they're here and now they're leaving and I'm going to be sad. Oh, wait, they're coming back for a month. Oh, they're going to be gone for a year. So my emotions and trying to keep my emotions like on my career and my marriage, like they're, they're almost separated. And I never know what the next month is going to look like. I never know what the next day is going to look like. He said yesterday he's working the whole weekend. And that's like a challenge for me personally because I work during the week and I'm like, okay, I'm focused on work. And once I'm on the weekend, okay, I want to focus on him. But if he's not there, I can't. It's it's a very like you're stable. Like, yes, you're coming home to your person every single day. You're coming home to your military person who probably is 10 times more stressed than I do on my shoulders. It's a really and I'm not trying to be sappy on myself either, but it's a it's a huge challenge because you can't really plan X, Y, Z into the future all the time. Like even vacations, we have to put our vacations for his leave time in maybe a week before. And we already have flights. We already have hotels. And even then, like, we don't know what's going to happen. And if you think of the state of America right now and the global, not to be political, my life right now is I have no idea what's happening. I'm not allowed to be told what's happening. I'm sure you probably could experience it or relate it as well. And I don't know if he's going to leave or I don't know when he'll leave. And that's the biggest, biggest challenge I think in my military's relationship. My marriage is, I never know. I'm basically just waiting for the next day. Oh yeah. (laughs) Ness, yeah, what is sorry, that's a lot. <laughs> no, it's okay. That's why I wanted you to talk about it because it's hard for me. Like, you know, I am not married yet, and but we've been in a relationship for two and a half years now. So it's like I've experienced things. My dad is in the Marines my entire life. So it's like, you know, just that, like, I get it. But I just was curious, like, what your experience was. So thanks for sharing. So knowing that your husband could be deployed at any moment or that you all could be moving, what are the pillars that you've built in your life to kind of help you feel secure and feel like your own person and feel like you can go along with that? You know, are there things that you've built for yourself that way? Yeah, absolutely. Every time that he leaves, I kind of have to remember to focus on myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, that's kind of why I started being like a wellness influencer was to start focusing on myself and to have a purpose when he's gone. Um, because I am a little bit codependent, even though I don't let my marriage define me. I think that also helps not letting my marriage define me helps when he leaves because it helps me realize, okay, I'm more than just being married to a military man or being married to a man in service. I am more than that. So that way, when he leaves, I feel like, okay, I can continue with my life. Um, so fo- making sure I always have time for me at the end of the day, working on myself, building a structure routine on myself to kind of just show like it's more than just him. I hope that makes sense. And oh, I feel like sure. if there's anybody who takes anything from that, it's just, yes, you're married to a man in the military, but don't let it define you because you still have you at the end of the day. And when you're gone and they're gone, your world shouldn't come crashing down. You should 
live for yourself and him to know, okay, when he comes back, everything is still great. I, um, you know, there's like certain different, there's all different relationships. People get married after, you know, a week of knowing each other. I'm watching Love is Blind right now. (laughs) You know, all the crazy things like that go into building relationships, but whether you're working on yourself or figuring yourself out before you meet someone or while you're with someone, like knowing yourself, like you said, you know, you know that you can be sometimes codependent. I am the same way where if my person's here, I want to depend on them. I agree. Yeah. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. person and it makes you feel good and there's nothing wrong with that you know but when they're gone still being able to fully function as an adult especially when they're gone for you know nine months and it's like okay you got to figure out life for the next nine months (laughs) I'm like okay here I am you know just like focusing on my food tour business and you know just like trying to do the things that make me happy like um last night my friend texted me she's not even in town but she was like hey my husband is having people over for driveway halloween you know giving out candy and i was like i should go because i'm not doing anything this week <laughs> like that would make me happy right. and had a good time and i was like you know what thanks friend like i really appreciated her for allowing me to go to her house so she's not even there <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly once you go through it a few times too like you're like okay this is normal it shouldn't be normal but like it's normal for him to be gone for six months so it's just, it's just how it goes, you know? And like my first time he ever deployed, I was sad. It was, it was rough. But once I did that once, I was like, okay, I can handle the next one. And the next time he deployed was like in the pandemic, like 2020 pandemic. Wow. But at the same time, I already was focusing on starting my photography business at that time. So I had something to look forward to and something for him to come home to me to be proud of. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. My boyfriend said, next time we need to do this, this, and this. And I said, there better not be a next time. <laughs> it's not for nine months. I'm like, good gravy is a long time. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's so great that for the three of us to be this cross sector of Ness and I both being married and then Tori and Ness both being in military relationships, like we are this like really great cross sector of there's definitely I I applaud you all for being away from your significant other for as long as you are. I'm I'm not denying you all that piece at all because like holy crap, I I just think it's so important that the things that you are the things Ness that you're speaking to of like being in your own established person, it's so important for anyone in any kind of marriage relationship, you know. And I do think that sometimes those of us who don't have to be with our without our significant other for a really long time, it's actually almost harder and and harder in different ways you know because like you you all have this opportunity where life forces you to focus on yourselves and Tori I absolutely commend you for what you're doing right now where you're going through that and Ness I think that you focusing on your photography business when you had to is just like I I want to like applaud you all and I want to just learn from you all actually because truth be told my partner's always here which means I always have an excuse not to do that and I always have an excuse to say well, we're doing whatever's best for Kyle right now. So it doesn't matter. And I fall hard on that excuse. So like, it's, I just think that we're at this really cool crossroads for the three of us to all learn from each other, even though we're all in slightly different experiences. And so I think it's really cool to talk about. Definitely. Like there, there are definitely, there's, there's a way to look at it and 
in a positive light in that sense, you know, where it, it, it just forces you to like live a different life for nine months and it's, or six, however long, you know, right. and you're just forced to learn yourself a little bit more and, you know, to just get through it. Um, and I, I definitely think there, there's a lot of positivity that can come from that. Like I'm, tra- I have a lot of travels coming up because he can't travel the way that I want to travel, um, which is going for weeks at a time. Cause why would I go to Europe for a week when I can go for three <laughs> weeks to make the most of it? You know, the flights aren't exactly. that cheap. Like, they're cheap. They're not that cheap, you know? So might as well go and make the most of it. Whereas he can't take off that length of time. So it's like, he would never be able to go enjoy that with me anyway. Maybe not never, but right now he wouldn't be able to enjoy that with me anyway. So make the most exactly. of it. Exactly. Yes. And so I think, yeah, just trying to see the positive of it you know, and just push through and then look forward to all the adventures when they come back. It's, it's the best part. So, yeah, exactly. Ness, you've mentioned your wellness influencing um, a couple times. Can you tell us a little bit more about how it started, what it is now, kind of what you do with it, how what platforms you influence on all that fun stuff that goes along with it? Yeah, so that's when I joined um, Herbalife, the MLM, actually. I was already kind of wanting to get into social media, getting into influencing, like back when it really started in 2019. And I started going to these workout classes for, I had no idea they were Herbalife, had no idea what Herbalife was, didn't know what an MLM was even. But um, I was learning that you can use your platform to sell the Herbalife. And then from there, I decided, okay, Herbalife is not for me, I don't want to be a part of the MLM. I don't, it's a very toxic industry. Got out of it. I already knew I loved working on myself, loved working out. I loved, you know, journaling, like doing all of the wellness things, putting the good things in my body. And I started putting that all online and I would post my routines, post my vlogging of my day, the things I would do to take care of myself, the food I would buy, like it just kind of started from there. Um, and as I built it up the past three years, I started getting a, like a really good traction on TikTok for my vlogs because I joined a nine to five job. And my, I remember my first TikTok that ever went viral was my five to nine after my nine to five. Mm. And it was like right when that kind of happened, but I was one of the first people to do it. And then from there, somebody commented and was like, you should make a podcast, expand your platforms. And I started getting a following. And People are like, what are you doing? What workouts are you doing? What, what are you like? Literally, what are you eating? What are you doing? How much sleep do you get? What are you wearing? I was like, this is coming out of nowhere. So <laughs> I started um, a podcast called Flourish, um, which Bree has been on with me. And it's a wellness podcast, basically about your life, adulting, college, every little thing that you could kind of learn to take care of yourself or other people can learn from and vice versa, mainly to prove like you can always take care of you and there are multiple steps to do it. And that is what we call growth, AKA flourishing. Um, And I used to, I used to be called well by Ness. And then I started to take it back a little because my wellness influencing, instead of feeling like my outlet of my creative of it started to feel like a chore almost. Um, So I I took back my podcasting, I took back my posting, but the platform has expanded so large that I've worked with brands that are like Walmart, I just worked with Busch Gardens, there's plenty on my pages. So now I just kind of use it as like my lifestyle influencing, but at the end of the day, like I still take care of myself, do all my wellness, but, but the biggest thing that I stand for, if anything, is like take care of yourself, no matter what, like you have you at the end of the day put you first 
Um, and that's kind of where my influencing has gone. But all of my brand deals in the beginning when I started all was wellness, like skincare, food, hair care, CBD, on and on. And at some point I was like, these are all really great. But I'm, I got down to the nitty gritty of the wellness. And I was like, I'm not going to take a product just to take it. Like I want the product to promote the product because I love it. Okay. But yeah, that's, that's where well by ness kind of has turned to, but now it's just my name and you can find me because the wellness is my real lifestyle at the end of the day. That's awesome. What's the number one thing you do to take care of you on a daily basis? On a daily basis, I do to take care of me consistently right now. I can say I've gotten a lot back into like my journaling journaling my thoughts, journaling, um, writing down my, like my daily plans. Um, I always, once a week, I make sure to do a mind dump. Um, and then I drink a ton of water. I feel like it's so cliche. Um, and I make sure I get eight hours of sleep. Like that's my most consistent right now because the amount of time that sports and photography and school take up, I don't even have time to like put on a yoga class again. I miss it (laughs) so much. But yeah, but like that's what the basics are anyway. Yeah, for sure. I think that's awesome. And I think that it's funny because even I I listened to all of Nessa's Flourish podcasts. I was a day one fan. Um, it's actually partly how I got inspired to start my own podcast and then wrangled Tori into co-hosting with me because I just thought that would be more fun. <laughs> I mean, um, you asked and I said I love that. pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I love I, that. I it's, love see, but that's why I do it. I love inspiring too. Yeah. And it was definitely, I needed the creative outlet and there were just so many things that I was like, you know what, maybe this is how I take care of myself right now. So uh, you definitely get the credit for what kind of sparked the idea for me to do a podcast. So, you know, hats off to you there. (laughs) I'm happy to help. That was, but see, that makes me feel really good because the whole thing that I was doing was I wanted to put something back out to people. I wanted somebody to take away from something and you're not the only one that has said something to me, but for you to go and put it to action, like <laughs> that warms my heart. Like you're flourishing, whether you like it or not. <laughs> whether you like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> We're all Drag doing it. <laughs> exactly. All the influential things. <laughs> Ness, do you do alongside um, your own social media? Do you do social media for school then? Is that part of what you do for the USF campus and things like that? I used to until yesterday. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. We're, we're <laughs> fresh on to a new track. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're coming right off of the press. Um, I used to. We have like a beer program that I used to do marketing and social media for. And it would be like, I would go to local breweries and I would promote kids and adults to kind of come into the brewing program to learn how to Mm. brew craft beer. Um, And then other than that, I oversee the social media for the show that I produce on campus, which is Bullcast. So on Bullcast, you produce, you write stories, (laughs) you're an anchor and you do social media. Just want to make sure I've got it all covered. Are there other jobs? Yeah. <laughs> Are there other jobs like don't you do? and the cameraman like doing? <laughs> yeah, I also do the behind the scenes photographing for it too. So like, it's funny because I will spend two weeks like me and my best friend trying to like produce the shows, and then I also plan what I'm saying on my script. That I'm also going to cover all the sports, and then I go in 
and I'm hosting. And then once I'm done hosting before and after I'm photographing and then I'm sending all the photos. Yeah. There's not one thing I almost don't do on the show except for like audio and technical. I am not an audio technical person. All right. You got to leave something for someone else to do. Yeah. I'm a woman (laughs) of all grades is what I tell everybody. That's, that's awesome. So what, um, Obviously, the the sports journalism is what has caught your attention most. But in experiencing all these different roles for the Bulls cast show, is there another piece of it that you would also one day like to pursue? Um, a piece of it that I would kind of be missing that I would want to pursue. Possibility of wanting to maybe try like political journalism. Mm, okay. Yeah. And then the one thing I was really focused on, like starting my career in general, was I was only going to do photography Mm. and that was it. Like I was dead set on doing photography, but now I think I've opened myself up to being a reporter. I've always liked being on camera when I was in elementary and middle and high, I did like the reporting, like the morning news, you know, everybody does. (laughs) And I never like subconsciously ever thought I would want to be a reporter or a journalist, but I love sitting in a press room. I love interviewing. I love being in front of a camera. So I almost want to say like being on screen reporting would be something I feel like I might be missing. Okay. Okay. Even though I'm doing it, but in the political end, because I don't like politics, but I feel like that makes me a really good asset to politics because no matter what, I can only make it a bias. That's true. Or I'm not biased. I hear what you're yeah, saying. I hear what I, you're saying. This idea that you you you're not yeah. passionate either way would give you an outsider's perspective to only report on what's actually happening. Right. I, I could care less. And then because that's still journalism related, put that to the side. Biggest thing I think I've always been interested in is the medical field. Mm, right. Like I, if I ever go back to school, I would love to possibly either find my master's in like medical journalism because that's how I'll have to do it or something medical or meteorology is like the coolest thing ever. I would love to learn about weather. I'm just not good at science. Oh, that's so funny. That's so cool. I mean, I think it's cool that this idea, like you're doing sports journalism right now and that's kind of your sector, but this idea that you could take your journalism in a lot of different directions is I think a really cool asset of the field in general um, that most people don't think about. Yeah, we call them beats in the journalism world. So you can go find a different beat like, at any time. So if I decide tomorrow I don't want to cover NFL and I want to cover, I don't know, what whatever the next pandemic is, like I can do that. <laughs> That's super cool. That's super, super cool. What, um, so you did mention that you graduate in December and then you already have a job lined up, which is so exciting. What is that next step for you? So with even that job lined up, my next step, no matter what I'm going to get there is the NFL. I will Go be girl. in the NFL. <laughs> Um, I'm going to take, you know, a year off to kind of focus on my career, focus on my business more than anything and see kind of how life takes me, takes Jake and I, um, I have my value planned in the next year. So like, you know, that's really after my career, that's what's really next. (laughs) And then if I decide after that, I want to go back to school. I did start looking at graduate programs. So nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we'll see. The thing about graduate programs for journalism is like we don't really need them. We know the feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say. (laughs) Yeah, Um, with your photography business, like, 
do you, so you're still doing that and like what is that like do you do like family sessions like do you have themes is it sports oriented because I, I can imagine that that would be a big um clientele too but what what do you do tell me <laughs> so because like I said earlier the sports world is so like kind of almost against freelance it's more of family portraits seniors newborns couples engagements um and I've had it now unofficially for five years officially by the books I've had my LLC for a year so I have like my website and people can contact me to cover weddings and kind of just go from there I have like a very stable returning clientele so that's why I'm like I have this too but the nice thing about having the business established but also doing like sports and stuff is I can put the sports on my portfolio Oh, yeah. Oh, well, and you can put it all under the business and then you have more write-offs because yeah. you have income and then all the good things. Yep. Yep. <laughs> totally. Tori's, yeah. Tori's currently learning about all of that with her new business. So <laughs> really figure out how to work the system, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Write-offs are so interesting. I'm still learning them. When I did them last year, I was like, I can write off my meal. I can write off <laughs> my equipment. Like, it's crazy. It's so crazy. We just went to Iceland. So like how much of that trip was a write-off? <laughs> I know. Like, I'm, research. I'm gonna do food tours in Iceland. I'm like, it's research, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's research, of course. That's why I'm doing it. Or like I went to New York and I went to go to B and H, uh, which is like the camera photo store in New York. I was like, Oh, write off. Whole trip. Yep. <laughs> Well, Ness, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. It's been so fun to have you as our, I don't want to say our first official guest because we did have Hunter, but she was like our, our beta tester guest as a friend. <laughs> Hunter was in person. We're all over Zoom. So yes. sorry, audio sounds funky to yes. all of out there. And if you made it to this point, um, send me an email and I'll send you like a cookie or something. <laughs> I think <laughs> we'll see how it turns out. <laughs> um, Ness, I want you to make sure that everyone knows how to find you, how to get a hold of you, whether it be for your photography business, whether it just be to follow you. Um, so if you want to take a second to like give us all your all your things, I want to make sure people know how to find you. And then I'll also link them in the description of this episode as well. Well, first, thank you for having me on. Like when you messed me, I was like, oh, what an honor. Like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I and I I really loved enjoying talking to you guys and like talk I tell you when I have been sitting on these answers since the first one I was like I think I know how to talk about this but um you can find me for photo um inquiries or even like career tips or help at Vanessa Wendell Photography and that's on um TikTok Instagram Facebook and then for any influencing you can find me at the Vanessa Wenzel on Instagram, TikTok. And then if you would like to listen to the podcast, which I do plan on putting back out into the world once I graduate, um, it's the Flourish with Nest podcast. And you can find it on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Nice. She's plugged in everywhere. I think we got to learn a few things from you. <laughs> we're not I'm an open model. We're not quite on all of those things yet, but for those of you who also don't already follow us, um we're striving and thriving on Apple Podcast where the thrive thri try again. Striving and thriving underscore podcast on Instagram. Please follow us, please like us, please leave us reviews. As always, Tori and I are always open to guests. So if you'd like to join us, just reach out and let us know. And once again, thanks for joining us, Ness. Bye.